All right, should we talk so we can um, fucking go eat? Yes, because I am starving. That popcorn was great, but it really didn't do anything for me. All right. Shall we start? Oh, God, that was <coughs> fucking awful. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Okay. So it's not actually Halloween, um, but we were recording this on Halloween, and uh, it's episode uh, 41. This is I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Amanda. I'm Christina. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're out of spooky season. No, tomorrow we get to work out, or we get to go out. Well, yeah. One more day. On the 1st of November, we are going out. Which, this is coming out after that, so hopefully you saw things. Otherwise, go back to our stuff and check it out. I'm sad, spooky season. I know. It's How November. come Christmas gets like three and a half months and Halloween gets like four weeks? I don't know. I saw this meme. <laughs> My two favorite holidays are Halloween and Thanksgiving. Because, mm-hmm. you know, fucking food and uh, fucking spooky. Spooky. So spooky food. I saw this like timeline meme mm-hmm. and it had a jack-o'-lantern and a turkey and then it had a sleigh like busting through both of them <laughs> when i was a kid halloween wasn't crawling up or wait no christmas wasn't crawling up halloween's ass it was definitely like crawling up thanksgiving's ass but not oh, halloween for sure. not halloween now it's like i went into hobby lobby when we went shopping yeah that was like two and a half weeks before halloween and there was already christmas shit out yeah taking over the halloween what area you, what are you fucking doing with your life Although I do love ugly Christmas sweaters. I do love ugly Christmas. I mean, I have I, like seven. This is my mo- the most wonderful time of the year. October, November, December. Truth. It's Truth. just, it's spooky month, mashed potato month, and then snow and ugly sweaters and, and more mashed Year's? potato month. And then, <laughs> and then New Year's. And then it's fucking boobity boobity boop three months ahead and it's St. Patrick's Day and bish, we can drink beer and Beesh. wear green and live our lives the way that we want to every day uh, just you just gotta skip through that like winter depression phase which is like january through like the beginning of march yeah i was gonna say it usually doesn't kick in until like january sometimes or there's a bright spot in february when my birthday is and uh <laughs> we live in minnesota so technically i guess winter goes until like june may <laughs> we did have a blizzard i think in may last year or april was it, it was like april? No, it was May second. Oh yeah, we had that giant blizzard where you couldn't get fucking anywhere. Where my like car, my little Kia Soul was smaller than the drifts on the road. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was uh-huh. fun. Uh-huh. It was fucking fun. Um, and <clears throat> it gets like colder than Antarctica. You know, you know. I really hope that. Why we... do we live where the air hurts our face? I know. I was just thinking. I really hope, but then I was like, maybe I don't. But I do kind of hope that we get a whole bunch of snow like we did to. last year. And there are places in minnesota where you have walls of snow on the sides of the roads because it goes so high Uh that they have to plow them into walls so that you can drive yes and then we'll take pictures and show it the whole world show the world show the world how and we're like southern minnesota we're not even like the peak we're not even in the we're not up in eli in the little we ain't up there no um but no according to like the predictions the standard Number of inches of snow in Minnesota is 72. Mm-hmm. Last year we, or no, 56. Last year we got 80 or 72. And this year we're supposed to get 86 to 90. Sweet. Inches. I also I heard, don't even know how many feet that is. I also heard that um, 
winter is supposed to start pretty mild this year. It's gonna and come be, in like a lamb. Yeah. Fucking come in. Oh, coming out like a lion. So it's we're gonna probably come gonna in have, hot. And right. by hot, It'll I be- mean cold. <laughs> Cold front. <laughs> Get it? Weather jokes. Okay. Fucking a. How are All you? Right. I'm grand. You're grand. I'm grand. Oh, good. We went on my family vacation. Sounds fun, right? <laughs> Not always. Just oh, kidding. Well, that was a good time. I mean, um, I discovered that I now get extremely carsick, and I was drugged up on Dramamine the entire fucking trip. So that was cool. I'm just gonna say you are one of the only people that would say drugged up on drama me. No, seriously. You and Benny take naps. It, it and- <laughs> knocks me out more than a Benny. And by Benny, I mean Benadryl. Oh. Literally, I took two Dramamine and I was like, haha, see you in four and a half hours. And my mom like was like, are you alive back there? I was like, yeah, what time is it? And she's like, it's like, because we left at midnight. She's like, it's six in the morning. I was like, oh, that's why I gotta pee. <laughs> oh, no wonder my bladder is so full. She's like, you've missed like three stops. And I was like, I was, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> now, see, I take Dramamine all the fucking time. Because, you know me, I got a sad little tummy that can't handle any movement. It makes me go sleep sleep. It does not make me sleep. I wish it made me sleep. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, no, no joke. It turns me like, I got maybe 20 minutes after I take it. It's so your body's so sensitive to things. You like drink caffeine and you're about to shake out of your skin. I'm like, I've had four energy drinks today and I'm fine. I don't if even I think had my one heart. Those, em- I would probably go into a diabetic coma. I don't even think that my my heart has elevated at all. <laughs> like I'm good, and then I take like sleeping pills or melatonin or anything to help me sleep, and I just do this. For everybody who's wondering, Amanda's Amanda's just looking around wide awake. <laughs> Or it's like that fucking video of the guy with the Darth Vader mask on playing the, the fucking bagpipes bag with, with the, the fire and the, the pools. <laughs> that is me every time I'm trying to sleep and I have to sleep all week. I think I've got the last, last night I probably slept the most, but the last like four nights I think I've got an accumulative of like 19 hours of sleep. Killing it. Yep, we're averaging out about four hours a night. So. I need at least eight to function. You know, I don't do bad on a little bit of sleep. I worked 11 and a half hours with kids yesterday. That's my thing. I either need, like, a lot of sleep to function, or I le- need, like, no sleep, and then I'm just going on pure, like, yeah, I can't, <laughs> will. I can't hit that, like, between six and seven hours of sleep. Otherwise, I feel like I want to keep sleeping. I have to either get four or less or eight and more. Yeah. There's, like, the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> So how was your week? Oh, it's been okay. Halloween at a child care center is fucking crazy. <laughs> and on top of that, my uh, side job where I'm doing overnights, I got my schedule for that. And um, they have things twice a week, like a jujitsu, I think. Yeah, jujitsu twice a week at four o'clock. And I don't get off till 4.30. So then I'm scrambling to try to get off next week's conferences. So it was a nightmare to try to get off. I talked to my boss and she goes, well, I can see what I can do. And I come out multiple hours later and she's still trying to figure out the schedule. And she goes, you know, this would be a lot easier if Amanda didn't have all her special requests. And she looks up at me. I'm like, I know, fuck me, right? (laughs) She just laughs. She's like, I think we can figure it out all except your conference day since you have conferences at four. And I was like, okay, fine. So I let the mom know. And she's like, one day is not a big deal. Don't stress about it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, 
So I didn't sleep because of those, because I was stressing about that. I, was I like, didn't sleep because I was stressing. <laughs> don't stress. That's funny. Right? But you just don't think about it. Bish! Bish. <laughs> I want to punch you in the face and you not think about it. <laughs> I hate when people say that. Just don't think about it. If well, I could turn off my crazy fucking brain for two solid seconds. Oh my god. I fucking would, you jackass. I wouldn't need your goddamn advice. Hey, thanks for the ad- advice. But also, fuck you. <laughs> but All right. Let's get to the story so I can eat some food. Yeah, I'm fucking hungry. Yay! You said you weren't hungry! I wasn't. Now I am. Now it's been an hour and I'm hungry! <laughs> tell okay. me a story. So, I'm gonna tell you the story of the Freeway Phantom. Ew! I don't know how much you know about this. Um, we know how great I am at names, but, um, uh, I didn't fucking know anything about this and it's weird. It's unsolved. Okay. Unsolved case. Okay. So beginning in 1971, uh, for a period of over 16 months, the killer known as the Freeway Phantom Mm -hmm. managed to abduct six young African-American females and keep them captive for days without being seen before murdering them. What the fuck? Uh... In the end, he sexually assaulted some of his prey and strangled all of them. The girls ranged from age 10 to age 18. Uh, He then left the bodies of his victims near local highways, thus being called the Freeway Phantom. What the fuck? Uh, He struck in various neighborhoods, though police theorized he lived in the Congress Heights area, and it took four slayings for the cops to notice the Phantom's pattern. I... I just... uh, Ten! Ten! 10 to 18. Yes. Those poor little girls. So, I said Congress Heights, but I forgot the... It's in Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Okay. So, first murder. On the evening of April 25th, 1971, a 13-year-old Carol Spinks from Southeast uh, Washington, D.C. was sent by an older sister to buy groceries at 7-Eleven, located a half mile away from her home just across the border. In Maryland. So she's right on the like. Right. Because Washington, D.C. is kind of its own little. It's like a step over. Yeah. Um, so the sad story that like is tied. Obviously this whole story is sad. But um, her mom had told her and her siblings not to leave the apartment or they'd be in serious trouble. And then her older sister who lived in the same building said, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks if you run to the store. So she was like, right. fuck it. I'm running <laughs> to the store. And her mom saw her on the way and was like what are you doing out of the apartment she's like well blah, blah, blah. and she's like fine but you get back here and you're in trouble when you get back and then she mm, never came. so that was the last like yes. interaction they had so we know that carol made it to the store um a 7-eleven along wheeler road because a clerk working that evening told the police that they had sold the girls some items tv dinners bread and some soda before watching her leave uh, shortly after leaving the store, another kid from the neighborhood saw her walking back home with the bag of groceries in her hands. However, about a half a mile away from the 7-Eleven uh, and her family's apartment, she disappeared. So it was literally just like a half a mile, like a mile walk. God, that's how it always sounds. Like, that's always what it is. It's like, they only had to walk for five minutes or mm-hmm. ten minute walk away from school and then they're never seen again. Right. Like, that's so scary. Um. When she didn't return home in a timely manner, her mother immediately called the police and was able to file a missing persons report that night. In addition, her, the single mother of eight would organize a neighborhood search for the missing teenager that evening, but the volunteers, mostly friends and family members, would be unable to find any trace of her. That's so sad. 
So on Saturday, May 1st, so this was just a little over five days later, or six days after her disappearance, a group of kids were playing in a grassy area behind St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Never play in a grassy area or go for a jog. Or play um, behind a hospital. Or go hunting in the woods. Um, That was also a less than a mile away from the scene of Carol's disappearance and um, was the area's primary mental health facility. Oh, uh, it has housed everyone's from psychotic killers to returning Vietnam veterans suffering from PTSD. Okay. Um, as the group of kids were playing in the area, <laughs> hold on. Why the fuck are they playing? There? I know. <laughs> All this, of a sudden, I had like, like this like Washington big... DC area. I'm sure it was like in one of the suburbs. It may not be the best area, but still, I'm like, why are you playing by a mental institution? Basically, that's not okay, kids. Hey, don't do that. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go play by a mental institution. Also by an interstate. So the group of kids are playing in this area just off Interstate 295's northbound lanes. So they're like playing behind traffic on one side and a crazy town on the other. And they're playing right in the middle in a crazy little knoll. Heaven forbid you have to run away from a crazy person. I know, right? Because you're like, oh, fucking freeway. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So an 11-year-old boy wandered off. He ended up walking roughly 1,500 feet Toward the grassy embankment along the freeway, where he discovered the body of Carol Springs. He was probably like, Springs. "Whatever, guys, I don't want to play anyway. You guys are just being dicks." Then he like walks away, and he's like, "Oh no, uh, oh no, guys, guys!" <laughs> so he was able to flag down a police officer who reported the scene, um, and she was found in the same clothing that she had disappeared in—a red sweater, blue shorts, and brown socks. But most unusually, her shoes were missing. Okay. Uh, an autopsy of the victim's body showed that she had been sexually assaulted before her death. Um, police also learned that she had been sodomized. Uh, before her death, it appeared that the victim had been brutalized, having been hit in the face more than once. There were also cuts to various parts of her body, in particular her face, torso, and arms. Uh, but the cause of death appeared to be strangulation. Poor thing. Um... So, in it, in addition to all of these violent details, it was also discovered that during her autopsy, she had likely been kept alive dur- after her appearance. Um, it was sur- surmised that the body had only been decomposing for two to three days, despite being found close to over a week after her abduction. So, she was kept. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, the contents of her stomach had included some kind of citrus fruit, so police believe that the culprit had been feeding her in the interim. Interesting. Okay. Um, so they weren't able to find a lot of evidence, but what they did find um, were small green fibers that were found on her clothing. It's believed that these had come from a vehicle or a carpet rug of some kind, but it didn't really give them any information. Right. They're like, well, we have fibers, but we don't know what to compare it to. So. Right. The investigation stretched out for several weeks and kind of went cold. Okay, so on July 8th, 1971, um, Darlenia Johnson, who was 16, also from Congress Heights, was abducted while en route to her summer job at Oxen Hill Recreation Center. Um, One witness reported having seen Johnson in an old black car driven by an African-American male shortly after her abduction. Uh, In the middle of July in 1971, an employee of the D.C. Department of Highways and Traffic began experiencing car troubles. He pulled over the side of I-295, not too far away from where the body of Carol Spinks had been found a few months prior and within moments discovered a body laying in the grass. Uh. The 
Um, Ploy called DC police and let them know, but would later discover that his call was the second the police had received about the body that day. Despite these numerous sightings of a body along the interstate, Nobody the police fucking... seemed very hesitant to take a look. Actually, like, go do something? Yes. Their job, maybe? Okay. All right. All right. The a couple of beat cops were sent out to investigate, but made very didn't make any attempt to locate the body. They didn't even get out of the car. They just drove by the area. Oh, my God. I um, hate... I hate... So then, so many things. Several days passed, and on July nineteenth, one of the original callers that had found the body returned to the scene to see if the matter had been dealt with, and they discovered that the body was still there. Hi. So there's still a fucking dead body where I called Mm -hmm. and said there was a dead body a couple days ago. Oh my god. Exactly. I'm so. Um. The remains looked undisturbed, as if nobody had given the body a second glance. Um. But the summer heat was beginning to take its toll. Oh yeah. Um, and there was, like, a side story, so the, the, the person knew someone, like, in a different county, and they called them, oh. and they called and said, get somebody over there. There's a dead body on the side of the highway. Oh, and so then... So they had to go, like, the roundabout way to get someone to even yes. do anything. Um, the police were called again, and a week after the body was first reported, it was recovered and was identified as Darlenia Denise Johnson. She's just a little baby. Why aren't you taking care of it? I'm so yeah. I'm so annoyed. Okay, go ahead. So by that time, Johnson's body was all dressed but her shoes. So her shoes were missing. What the fuck is this guy doing with the shoes? <laughs> no fucking... He's like a Jerry Brudos, yeah. but with little girl shoes. That's it's weird. weird. Uh, okay. He was far was too decomposed to determine the cause of death or if she had been sexually assaulted. But law enforcement was able to find evidence of strangulation. Imagine that. She's too decomposed because nobody came to get the fucking body. Yes. God, I'm so annoyed. Because of the decomposition, authorities had to remove the victim's fingers for fingerprinting. Oh, they had to rehydrate them and Mm -hmm. do that? Oh, my God. Uh, There was virtually no other way with the victim's physical features having decomposed after days of exposure to the humid swamp-like temperatures. You think? That's stupid. It was rumored that in the days after Darlene's disappearance, that her mother would receive a phone call would receive phone calls at odd hours with the person on the other end of the line taunting her. No. And according to at least one person familiar with the family, um, the unknown caller made the claim that I killed your daughter. So the phantom actually called them. Or supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. Huh. The so... next person. What? Hold on, what years were th- was 1971. This okay. I knew it was in the 70s, but I didn't mm-hmm. know if it was later or early. No. Nope. So on July 27th, 1971... 10-year-old Brenda Faye Crockett uh, from Northwest failed to return home after having been sent to the store by her mother. She was known for her incredibly tiny frame, standing just four and a half feet tall and weighing 75 pounds. How old is she? 10. Oh, she's the littlest. When Brenda left, she was wearing curlers in her hair and did not seem to be wearing shoes. Her mother, Retha, later stated that she told Brenda to take a friend with her, but Brenda left by herself. Brenda's like, no, I'm a big girl. I can do it. About two hours oh. later, the Crockett's phone rang and was answered by her seven-year-old sister, who had waited at home while her family searched the neighborhood. Crockett was on the other line crying. Brenda Crockett. So her older sister. She what said, a white man picked me up, and I'm heading home in a cab. Crockett told her sister, adding that she believed she was in Virginia before abruptly saying bye and hanging up. A second call came into the family's home short time later, around 10 o'clock. This time the call was answered by Brenda's 
mother's boyfriend. Okay. Uh, who had returned to the news of the first call. He tried to be more forceful on the phone than her little sister had been, but received most of the same information from Brenda that a white man had picked her up and she was going to head home in a cab. When her mother's boyfriend asked if she was in Virginia, Brenda replied, no, did my mother see me? The question seemed to confuse everyone and Brenda's mother's boyfriend could only respond, how could your mother see you if you're in Virginia? The conversation carried on like this for a moment, with Brenda not seeming to have any real information to give. When her mother's boyfriend asked to speak to the other man, he only heard the sound of heavy footsteps on the other end of the line. Brenda said, well, I'll see you, and the call was disconnected. What the fuck? That's scary as hell. I hate that. Yes. So, authorities determined that Crockett more than likely had called her home on behalf of the killer who fed her inaccurate information in order to buy the necessary time to perpetrate the crime and screw up the investigation. Why did she see me? Why did my mom see me? I wonder if he was wondering if her mom had saw her taken or... Or I was wondering... My first thought was, was she... Did she see her mom out of the car window when she got picked up and was driving and they were searching? Yeah. Or something like that. And it's like, well, did she see me in the car? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So at 5.50 a.m. the next day, a hitchhiker discovered Crockett's shoeless body in a a location on the side of U.S. Route 50 near the Baltimore-Washington Parkway in Prince George County, Maryland. She had been raped and strangled, and a scarf was knotted around her neck. I hate it. However, her body appeared to have been washed prior to its abandonment alongside the Route 50. Um, well, that's new. Maybe. She obviously wasn't found with any shoes, but her mother thought she had left the house without wearing shoes, right, so, so that wasn't really weird. Um, but her feet were incredibly clean for someone that had been walking outside without wearing shoes. So that's why they determined that. So they're like, yeah, yeah. she got, she was washed. Interesting. So, like the first victim, Carol Spinks, experts were able to find small green fibers on the clothing, which hinted at some link between the two cases. Dun, dun, dun. But they were unable to uncover much evidence other than what was already found about the green fibers. Um, and they noted that the victim had been strangled. hmm So, next we had 12-year-old Nemosia Nim- Yates, nicknamed Nino. Uh, by knows that knew her nino yeah nino uh she was a sixth grader at kelly miller junior high school um she was 12 years old and lived with her father and stepmother in an apartment in northeast along benning road she was walking home around 7 p.m from a safeway store in northeast in october of 1971 just less than a block away like she could see her house from the store everything Um, everything about this i have really disliked mm-hmm. i me as well thoroughly thoroughly she had been sent to buy sugar flour and paper plates and it was believed that she had made it to the store purchased that and left a store clerk would later recognize the girl from photographs and state she had purchased the items that evening just after 7 p.m however later that night a safeway employee would state that they found those items outside of the store scattered along the street oh so she probably got picked up right there mm-hmm um, like, ha- who had ever been carrying them had disappeared into thin air. Right. That scooped right up. Less than three hours after <laughs> her mysterious disappearance, her remains were found. Her body was found just off of the shoulder of Pennsylvania Avenue. The body was found 
by a 16-year-old hitchhiker that had stumbled it upon it through mere happenstance. So this guy went from holding them for a few days to, like, an hour, now it's hours. hours. Yes. They're, oh, interesting. Like the other murder victims, she was raped and strangled. As with the other cases, her shoes were missing and unidentified green fibers would also be found on her clothing. A witness apparently saw her getting into a blue Volkswagen and although investigated, that led to nowhere. I wonder if it's the, like, the fibers from the vehicle. Yeah, like in the trunk or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was only now, following the murder of Nino, that the deaths of the four um, young girls were officially linked. That's it? They were all, yep. Young African-American girls from Washington, D.C. fibers. And it took four of them before they were tied. What the fuck? What? I mean, you know, two. Right. Two should do it. And then you're like, oh shit, this is not okay. One of the detectives, when speaking to the media about the most recent murder and its possible connection to the other abductions and murders, said that there is some reason to believe that there is some connection to these to some similar deaths. Following this development, it was announced that the FBI would be getting involved in the investigation. Um, so criminal profiling at this time was still in its infancy. I was going to say, it's brand new, all of this. Um, but the FBI was wanting to be involved in this case, as they had labeled it the work of a repeat offender. I was going to say, I don't even think they had serial killer as a like a title for a multiple killer. For a while, they didn't even believe that people could kill someone right. that they didn't know. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? How, what do you mean? Sure can. You can kill anybody. <laughs> right. So it was only now that the nickname the Freeway Phantom was given to the unknown killer who had uh, eluded investigators through the summer and now into the fall. The name was coined by reporters at the now defunct uh, the Daily News who noted that all of the victims had been disposed of alongside major roadways and freeways. Good job, reporter who is doing job of the police. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job. So, Brenda Denise Woodward was an 18-year-old that lived with her family in Baltimore, Maryland, along uh, Maryland Avenue. In the fall of 1971, she began taking night classes at Cardozo High School, hoping to improve her working skills. (laughs) Um, After having dinner with a high school classmate on November 15th, she boarded a Baltimore, or from Baltimore, she boarded a city bus around 11 p.m. to return to her Maryland home. Okay. Uh, What's really sad is the classmate... That Brenda had dinner with usually drove them whenever they won- hung out, but his car was in the shop. So uh, they had to take the city buses home. They rode oh. together on a bus for a few blocks, but and eventually had home. to split. Brenda got off to catch the transfer, said goodbye to her classmate. She hopped on the next bus, and that is where her trail goes. Cool. Oh my god, how bad do you think he feels? Mm-hmm. It's like, usually, I mean, it's totally the one time that it's not the normal, and... Yeah. Oh my god. So approximately six hours later, a police officer discovered her body, which had been stabbed multiple times and strangled in a grassy area near Prince George's County Hospital along an access ramp to Route 202 from Baltimore to Washington Parkway. Also, they seem to be getting bloodier Mm -hmm. and bloodier and more, like, accelerated. And another fucked up part about this story is that her body had been disposed of off of another busy road near a bus stop that Brenda's mother used almost every single day. And hours after after the body had been discovered, when the police had roped off the scene, she would unknowingly stumble up, up to the commotion. Oh my god. And that gosh. is how she learned of her daughter's brutal murder. That's another really fucking mm-hmm. uncomfortable happenstance type of thing in this Like, case. makes me wonder, was it a happenstance? I feel like... Or was he watching each of his victims? 
and knew that his mother got her mother got on the bus. I don't know because he had he didn't do, like there was no indications like in the other ones. Opportunity, that... like a killer of opportunity, and but at the same time, it's like, how the fuck did you? How is that a coincidence? Right. Huh. So huh. she had also been strangled. Um, but her end was like you had pointed out to be a much more violent one. Right. Her crime scene was incredibly gruesome with her clothing being stained with blood and she had six stab wounds to various parts of her body. Um, Investigators would find defensive marks on her hands and arms indicating some kind of struggle that had ensued between Brenda and her culprit. She's the oldest one though so far, right? So I'm wondering if she put up more of a fight and he freaked out and didn't know how, yeah, didn't know how else to deal with it than like something a little more instantaneous than strangling. So this... It's questioned whether or not she is actually the uh, victim of the Freeway Phantom. Okay. Besides her being stabbed multiple times, it was bizarre that she was found with her shoes on. Again, I'm wondering if it was something where he, like, panicked. Right. And unlike the other victims, she's still wearing her shoes, and a coat had been placed over her chest, and one of its pockets, though, contained a note from the killer. See, he didn't like that he stabbed her, so he probably covered up the most blood that he could over her chest, and... Huh. And then the the letter read, this is a tantamount to my insensitivity to people, especially women. I will admit the others when you catch me if you can. Freeway Phantom. Hmm. So based on handwriting samples, authorities surmise that the note written on paper cut from the victim's school notebook had been dictated and written by Woodward. That's fucked up. So it's not up. like he killed her out in the open. He took her somewhere. See, first. and I wonder, hmm, I wonder if even either that or it was just like in his vehicle because I feel mm-hmm. like that's like they drive someplace secluded and I wonder. There's more, huh? Yes. Okay, so I'll wait to do my so, theoretical thoughts. And an examination of Brenda's clothing would find two different hair samples, one of which authorities stated belonged to a Caucasian man, the other claimed belonged to an African American man. So that ties back to the girl who said she was with a Caucasian man and was in a cab home, but the other two were seen with a black man in a car. So are they thinking that maybe there's two that are just doing the same thing? I'll get to what we have here. Interesting. Um, They really, they found those two hairs early on, but really weren't able to go anywhere with them. Well, yeah, it's the 70s. So there's something else that was added to the... Ooh, I wonder I wonder if there was DNA at the end of those strands and if they'll do the familial DNA stuff like they did for the Golden State Killer and stuff. That would be fucking sweet. Okay, anyway. Okay. So No, I don't know this story, by no, the you way. Didn't? I don't know. Some of these like bits and pieces are sounding familiar, but I don't know this story like nothing's made me go, Oh yeah, and then this happens and this happens. So pretty excited for close to six months stretching from april to november the freeway phantom had phantom had stuck had struck almost regularly um there were long gaps between crimes some as long as two and a half months between each but five young women had been killed over the span that six month span in 1971 um with the fourth murder the fbi had gotten involved and investigators were now hunting a single killer a killer that seemed to like embrace his nickname hence the note Mm -hmm. but following brenda woodward's murder the so-called freeway phantom would disappear for close to an entire year 
It wasn't until September of 1972 that investigators would declare him active once again, and by that time, FBI agents had been pulled off the case to assist with the ongoing Watergate case. Oh, yeah. Scandal. Fucking Nixon. And the attention of almost everyone was diverted basically elsewhere. Okay. So the Phantom's final victim was claimed almost a year later on September 5th, 1972, uh, 17-year-old Ballou High School senior Diane Dennis Williams, Denise Williams, who was known for impeccable fashion sense and was to be an inspiring model. Aww. Uh, Williams cooked dinner for her family and then visited her boyfriend's house. She was last seen boarding a bus at 11.20 p.m. near his house, and she never made it home. <laughs> the following day, September 6, 1972, the body of Diane Williams was discovered by a trucker along Interstate 295. He had pulled over to the side of the road just south of the border separating D.C. and the state of Maryland, and it was less than two miles away from Diane's home. See, and that's another thing. Don't be a trucker, because I feel like they always spot things and pull over to see what it is. Or they're like, I'm on a long road and I need a bathroom right fucking now right. and pull over to pee. And there it is. I stumble upon a body. Oh, God. Um, police were called to the scene and it was immediately theorized that Diane was a victim of the freeway phantom. She was found wearing the clothing she had disappeared in, but her mm -hmm. shoes had been removed. Okay. But they were resting right next to her body as if they had been gently placed there by the killer after he had disposed of her body. The bottom of her shoes bore her first name, Diana, in big, bold letters. Like he wrote it? Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, like the other victims, Diana uh, had been strangled to death, but an autopsy would find no sign of sexual assault. However, despite there being no sign of sexual assault, police would find semen on Diane's clothing. At the time, they assumed it had come from her boyfriend, whom she had visited just before going missing, even though the boyfriend insisted they didn't have any kind of sexual activity that night. Believe the boyfriend. Uh, and that semen sample would remain untested for several decades. But it's tested now? Just... I'm sorry! Shut your goddamn mouth. And I told you it's not solved, so... I know, but it doesn't mean that it hasn't been tested. They just have it on file until this person fucks up. Right. So... <laughs> just makes me happy because then that, that whole familial DNA thing is a possibility. So the Freeway Phantom case has seen a... They because of it spanning several years, the fact that the FBI was involved and then not involved, there has been a variety of investigators and a lot of interest. There have been numerous investigative tips come in from general public by a telephone hotline operated by the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia and also information in by the mail. But these all of these leads have been investigated and there's still no really resolution. Mm -hmm. Some leads were easily proven not to be viable, while others required a lot of investigation. There was a specific task force that included detectives from the MPDC homicide and sex squads, investigators from Prince George's County and Montgomery County, and Maryland State Police, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Common practice at the time was that case files at MPDC detectives divisions were retained by the detectives assigned to the case. So as a result, the Freeway Phantom case files are now incomplete. Mm -hmm. Some have been discarded entirely and others are incomplete with pages or articles of evidence having been lost along with their associated notes and all of the primary or task force investigators have either long retired or are deceased. Yeah, I was just going to say, all of these victims, if they were to have lived, they would have been our parents' age or older, mm -hmm. basically. With current evidence and any information of the case from when it happened, no leads produce sufficient evidence or, for prosecution. 
Um, the case has been closed and opened a number of times over its history. It is currently open as a cold case, and there is a reward for $150,000 for any case leading to the solving of this case. That's it, Nielsen. You and I. We're solving it. We're solving it. So I have some weird coincidences. Coincidences? Coincidences? And then I have some suspects. Okay, I'm ready. So, the weird coincidence is, despite police attempting to link several other cases to the Freeway Phantom, they were only successful in doing so in the ones that I've talked about. Okay, pause. So, the way you're sitting right now, you look like you're ready to do work. Got your arm up on the on the fucking table. <laughs> this feels really good. I'm ready like stretching to, my shoulder up. Ready to jump up. Ready to fucking gets, solve this case right, right goddamn now. She's like, I'm gonna get jazzed and I'm gonna be ready to just like pop myself I right up. I can't stop sitting like this now. <laughs> okay, so... The most notable case, uh, which police had originally attributed to the Phantom, was the murder of a 14-year-old Angela Barnes. She had been killed in 1971 and was left wedged in between the second and, or she was killed wedged in between the second and third murders. Mm -hmm. But unlike the others, she had been murdered via a gunshot wound. Okay. But police would eventually rule her out entirely when they solved the case and arrested two ex-police officers for the crime. They were oh, both later damn. convicted. And this is the same, like, police department that's working the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. What if it's a police officer? Oh, shit. shit. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. So that was just a weird coincidence. We're not even into the suspects. Yeah, but I'm yet. just saying. Woo! Um, another detective, uh, Romaine Jenkins, believes that the murder of Tara Ann Bryant, who was killed in November of 1972, two months after the last known freeway murder, and it was beyond the no the date of the known killer's crime spree, and was ruled out as possible connection due to lack of evidence, but remains a real possibility. So she was left murdered and killed. Or murdered and killed. <laughs> she was left, not and one she or the was other. left strangled on the side of the road. It was both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Investigators had created a timeline of events which they forced themselves to adhere to. Okay. So they were giving the Freeway Phantom credit for six murders, um, that, the ones that I have already gone over, mm -hmm. in that order, in that time frame. And they've been, like, very... That's when it happened. They haven't branched out. Like, solidified in mm -hmm. their statement. Okay. All of the victims had a number of traits in common. They were all African-American females between the ages of 10 and 18 that lived along the Washington Beltway who had been abducted while walking and whose bodies had been dumped off of busy roads. Okay. They were all of similar build, small and petite, which led investigators to believe that the killer might have mistaken all of them for being the same age range. Oh. Um, four victims' bodies had their bodies left in Prince George's County, Maryland, while other two were disposed of inside Washington, D.C., Investigators believe that this might have been done intentionally with the killer trying to muddy the waters of mm -hmm. the investigation by overlapping jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. That makes sense and now why they didn't connect the four until later on because they didn't share information right. readily at that time. Most okay. unusually, three of the victims shared the same middle name, Denise. Two shared the first name, Brenda. Oh, I suppose. These were odd correlations that likely did not really have any importance, but it was just very interest of the media. Just popular names at the time. <laughs> um, in early 1970 newspapers, there are reports that hint at a perceived hatred of those names by the killer. But the police have not stated that that was It doesn't accurate. seem like... It doesn't seem like they were planned, really. 
Right. So, as I had stated, three of the victims had been sexually assaulted. However, one of the victims was obviously too decomposed. Mm. Um, so, they believe that all of them were actually possibly sexually assaulted of some in some way or another. Right. Anyway, um, so, those are just all the weird coincidences on those cases. I don't think that last one was him. I think that was a copycat. It might have been. I don't know. You mean the Brenda Woodward one, not the last the- one. Which one? The last one. Brenda Woodward was the second to last one that was stabbed with a coat over them with a jacket. No, the note. That and then one, the I last think... one was the one that had the shoes next to her. Yeah, but she wasn't sexually assaulted. And... Well, there was semen that was found on her. So maybe he came while he was strangling her? Yes. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. I'm like, I'm just going through all these things in my head. I'm like, I don't know if this is... I don't know. So the first suspect is James Groom. Fuck you, you're guilty. I'm not even done. <laughs> Throw the book at him. Right. Sure. Uh-huh. So he his name was first mentioned in um October 21st, 1972, in an ed- edition of the Baltimore Afro-American, which was a regional newspaper. Okay. Um, it was roughly a month after the last crime attributed to the Freeway Phantom, and Groom, who lived in northwest Baltimore, had just been arrested for the kidnapping and sexual assault of a young woman. That would explain why it stopped. The, the victim was a 17-year-old waitress who had been waiting at a bus stop when a young white man pulled up in the vehicle, asked for directions. As they spoke, her bus had come and gone, so the man offered to give her a ride. She reluctantly agreed, only to discover that the man had no intentions of taking her to a destination. He drove her to a secluded area where the, she was then sexually assaulted. Mm. At least this was is what the victim had claimed and was reported in the that newspaper at the time. Okay. However, following the alleged sexual assault, the man had then driven the victim away from the scene, telling her at one point, have you ever heard of the Baltimore-Washington Expressway Phantom? Well, I'm him. During that encounter, the man also told the victim that he had recently returned from Vietnam, was lonely, and was sick of no one understanding him. He ultimately let the victim go without harming her any further, and the incident was reported to the police. He was later arrested for the incident and charged with both kidnapping and sexual assault, um, but they there was no real determination if the police investigated him any further for involvement in the Freeway Phantom cases. However, it was theorized in that same article that he wasn't the real killer, just wanted to take credit to scare his victim. Yeah, because he wouldn't, uh, I mean, generally... There wouldn't be a de-escalation like mm-hmm. that where he just lets a victim right. go. Um, it was also widely speculated that the Freeway Phantom was an African-American man and James Groom was Caucasian. It's unknown whether or not police investigated him any further, like I had said. Because uh, they but, lost all of their information. Right. It's fucking stupid. Okay. <laughs> so, in 1974, there were two more names that were entered into the suspect list. Edward Selman. Edward, or sometimes referred to as Edward Sullivan in reporting of the case, and Tommy Simmons. Both were the ex-cops that were arrested in relation to the murder of Angela Barnes. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Um, she was um. a 14-year-old girl that had disappeared on July 12th, 1971, just days after Darlenia Johnson had gone missing. She was heading home from a friend's house late at night and in the middle of the summer, and her body was discovered the following morning out in Waldorf, Maryland. Unlike the rest of the Freeway Phantom victims, she had been shot in the head, but her case was linked to the others in the immediate aftermath. Right. So, um, for the first few years, the investigation into the Freeway Phantom police linked Barnes' death to the unknown killer targeting young black girls, but then the police were arrested for the crime and charged with murder, and so then they started looking into them a little bit further. So, by that, but then they determined that Barnes' case was not connected to the Freeway Phantom murders, and they could not connect Selman or Simmons to any of the other 
it sounds like it was quite different, so I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the case. So the other suspects were known as the is a were members of a gang known as the Green Vega Rapists. Oh, who the fuck has a gang of rapists? That's yes. weird. I don't members like that. Members of this gang were allegedly were collectively responsible for numerous Washington D.C. and surrounding Maryland vicinity rapes and abductions that occurred near the Washington Beltway. Uh, the Green Vega gang members were individually interviewed by uh, the MPDC homicide detectives at Lorton Prison in Virginia, where the gang members were serving sentences in conjunction with the um, successful prosecutions of their rapes. Mm-hmm. Um, during these interviews, one gang member initially implicated another gang member who had who he said told him he was involved and gave information as to one of the Beltway homicides. This okay. particular inmate was also serving a sentence at Lorton Prison for the Green Vega convictions. Uh, the inmate being interviewed stipulated that he would provide the information only if he could remain unidentified, which was agreed upon. He identified the man who gave him the information, the date and the location of the crime, and the signature detail which was not provided to the public, but which was known only to the perpetrator and to the detectives, and that signature information was correct. What was it? They don't tell you. Was it the sh- Oh, I suppose, because it's still an open, cold case. Right. So the- they can't share their secret info. Right. Okay. So the inmate who provided the information said he was not involved in the homicide and provided an alibi, which was found to be verifiable. During this period, an election was being held in Maryland, and one of the candidates publicly announced to the press that the break had occurred in the freeway phantom. God, I fucking hate politics and politicians. I hate them. I hate them. And provided that an inmate at Lorton Prison had given the information. He wanted to remain anonymous, and that was the deal. After that announcement, the inmate who provided the information refused any further interviews and denied that he had ever provided any information. I'm surprised that he didn't sue. He immediately recanted all prior statements <sighs> and rescinded his prior confessions, calling it an elaborate hoax. Uh. Ah. Yes, so... Ah people drive me crazy <laughs> yep so basically politics fuck that one <laughs> do that um, a lot a lot so the investigators that were handling the case at the time continued to believe that the green vegas were responsible for the freeway phantom murders many of them until the day they died however other de- detectives that had handled or examined the case in the years since have pointed out that most of the information um, that was provided was all stuff that he could have gotten from news coverage of the murders. Nonetheless, doubt continues to kind of linger as to whether or not the Green Vega rapists mm-hmm. were actually the ones. Okay. Um, this is the one that I am kind of leaning towards is the last one. Ooh. Give it to me straight, baby. Robert Askins. He was sent to St. Elizabeth's Hospital. So- Robert Elwood Askins was a middle-aged african-american man that worked at saint elizabeth's hospital as a computer technician through the 1970s he seemed to be an amiable man who was known for his propensity to use the word tantamount oh good for you seemingly that's what was in the letter i'm yeah i know but just (laughs) seemingly at random what a fucking word to like link to I just like saying the word tantamount it's kind of a fun word to say though tantamount tantamount but Uh, a deeper look into Askins revealed kind of a sketchy past. Um, Not only was he a current employee of St. Elizabeth's Hospital, uh, but he was also a former patient that had been sent to the hospital in lieu of prison. 
Uh, when Askins was a much younger man, he was po- he poisoned a sex worker in Washington, D.C. with potassium cyanide. I'm sorry, is that just, like, a normal thing that they look over when they're, like, doing a criminal background? Or <laughs> Well, he was, he, they knew he was a patient there. Yeah, but what the fuck? So then they hired him as a janitor, I guess. I don't know. Oh, my God. The uh, cause, just, it's so, fine. I just poisoned a prostitute once. The reason he poisoned her... Uh, was revenge for him contracting a venereal disease from another sex worker earlier that year. You're right, it's her fault. Right? The victim had actually died of the poisoning and he was convicted up for murder and sent to a psychiatric psychiatric facility. I'm sorry for all my jokes because I thought she just got, she died. She's dead. Oh my god. So he was sent to St. Elizabeth's Hospital after being convicted Mm -hmm. until he was mentally fit enough to stand trial. And that ended up being 13 years later. And then he was re-indicted and convicted of the murder charges and then spent his next several years inside an actual prison until he was released in January of 1958 due to, due not to a completion of his sentence or any kind of parole, but a legal, basically, a legal fuck up that allowed him to be given freedom. Oh, sweet. So for the next 20 years or so, he seemed to make a conscious effort to be a productive member of society. He worked at St. Elizabeth's Hospital, where he worked as a computer technician and lived a quiet life on his own until 1977. And that's that hospital is where the first body was found, right? Mm, right By outside of it. Okay. And it's right, it's surrounding all of those freeways around right. it. Right. Okay. So, a 24-year-old woman was abducted in 1977 at gunpoint by Robert Askins and taken back to his home where she was sexually assaulted and beaten before being freed by him. Police quickly zeroed in on Askins as their suspect, but it wasn't until D.C. Detective Lloyd Davis began interviewing Askins and learned about his past that he began to con- suspect the man of the unsolved freeway phantom murders. Not only did Askin seem to commit a similar crime in the vicinity of the abductions, but he lived and worked in the region. Police had long theorized that the killer had a tie to Congress Heights and neighborhood of Washington, D.C., where half of the victims had been abducted from. And here was Askins, not only who fit the bill, but worked at St. Elizabeth's Hospital, where one of the bodies had been disposed of. Right. Location, profile, all of it's starting to match up with this guy. He seemed to match the criteria investigators had established for the Freeway Phantom would have. And investigators eventually obtained a search warrant for Askins' home, and a search revealed a bunch that of he, baby shoes. he owned many scarves, which belonged to women, which were described as soiled. So I'm assuming it he was... Jerking it into Jerking the scarves. Um, this stood out because he didn't live with any woman, so where had he gotten the scarves from? So I wonder if he like if he was just a serial rapist with adults and then with these younger kids, he could control them better, so he I he's just my favorite. They yeah. still haven't solved it. But in addition, he owned many photos of unknown girls and young women, and police even found a knife that had been used in another crime. Uh, the other thing that they took into consideration is that a lot of people that they interviewed spoke frequently about the fact that he always uses the word tantamount. He's using it so much that people that are around him are like, dude, he seemed pretty normal, except he keeps using the fucking word tantamount. I don't even think he knows what it means. I don't even think he knows how to... Spell it. Spell it. He just says it, and it's like, uh, that's not right. (laughs) Right. Oh my god. Okay. This guy. Um, so the usage of the word tantamount had often stood out to investigators in the note, mm-hmm. and here was a prime suspect that seemed to use the word regularly as a ver- and was verified by his co-workers who said as much. Right. Um, 
so they searched Robert Askin's vehicle the next month, um, and police found two buttons and a gold earring underneath its back seat, but they could not tie it or link it to any of the particular victims. Okay. And despite all of the connections investigators had made between Askins and the Freeway Phantom, there was no direct evidence connecting him and nothing to link him to the next six victims, and a comparison of the green fibers had not been found on, on anything that Askins owned. Okay, so... Not saying that he hadn't gotten rid of it in that time, because it was 77 before they had started looking at him. Right, and the last one was what, in 70, like the one that was linked to it? Right. Uh, so um, mid-70s? So yeah. it had been a couple years at least. It he 72 was the last murder. Oh, yeah, because it was all within the span of 16 months. Yeah, so oh, 77 yeah. was when he was... Yeah, so definitely there's mm-hmm. a possibility of it just being completely not right. around anymore. So Robert Askins would later be convicted of kidnapping and rape charges stemming from two other separate incidents, including the one that had put him in the investigator's radar. He would receive a life sentence and ended up spending several decades uh, inside a penitentiary. He died April of 2010 at the age of 91. One of the original Freeway Phantom detectives, who long suspected Axe, Askins to be the killer continued corresponding with the convict until his death in 2010. During the correspondence, Askins continued to deny having any part of the Freeway Phantom murders, um, stating that he did not have the depravity of the mind required to commit any of the crimes. He remains one of the most popular suspects in the media, and many of the original detectives heavily favored him as the Freeway Phantom. So, has the DNA or any of the stuff been tested that they've found? No, because most of it was lost or is in... A lot of the DNA um, was corrupted and lost because it was kept by detectives and not stored the way it should have been. Because that was what the policy was. And then, because I love uh, FBI profiles, I have the FBI profile. So, so I'll read it now that I've read the suspects to you. So, the fan- the FBI prof- profile said the phantom killer would likely be employed, have at least a high school education with either average or above intelligence, be a charming young man who often struggled to maintain healthy relationships, likely live alone or with an older woman creating some kind of resentment towards females, mm-hmm. He, having known the neighborhood that he committed his crimes in. Uh, the killer would be in his 20s or 30s. It is possible, or if the killer fit this profile and was in his 20s or 30s, as believed by the FBI, um, it is possible that he is still alive. If he was a young, as investigators believe, he would now be entering his 60s. 60s, um, at least, or quickly approaching it. Yeah. Well, because I mean, this is what, 70s? Mm-hmm. 70 if he was 20, the youngest of that? Yeah. That is. 40 years, so 60s. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, so, boy. So, no, 70s. Yeah, he'd be in his 70s. Yeah. Well, so. But that's all I got. But that was a, a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah. I can't believe I've never, like. And I, well, originally when I started reading this, I'm like, could this be connected to the Atlanta child murders? I mean, I could see that, but. Like, they just moved? Maybe, but it's not exactly the same. No, it's not. And, I mean, there's a lot of fucks out there yeah. that do weird but, fucking terrible things. It was, it was a, uh, I was, like, the, the what got me, what pulled me in is when I was, like, skimming through it, the fact that it took, like, three different people in, like, two weeks calling on that body. I was, like, what the fuck is this story? And then I dug in a little bit further and I was, like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, guys. Well, and then. Get your shit together. And then it's, like, I can understand if you get a one call from someone who sounds maybe like they're 
not all together, like intoxicated or something. Right. And you're like, okay, I'm whatever. But multiple calls and someone who actually has to go back and be like, yeah, there's still a fucking body here. Hi. Yeah. Ugh. That's, I was like, I was wondering if maybe it was originally of the first couple were one guy. Yeah. And then somebody, like, well, the first three, because those were very similar. Mm-hmm. And then that fourth one, I wonder if that was a Caucasian guy who was like, I'll just fucking use this as, you know, whatever. Right. Which explains why they found both mm-hmm. pairs, right? On that, what would it be, the fifth one? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was... I don't know, man. It's fucked up, and there's no DNA, and they're all shit bags. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to even wrap that up. That was a good one, though. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? Sorry, I did. Sorry, All right. No. Amanda's got a great story for me, right? I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you about Caligula, oh. the Roman emperor. Uh, he was born on in August of 12 AD. 12. So he's real fucking old. So we're bringing it way back. In the way, way back machine. In the way, way back machine. He was the emperor from 37 AD. To 41 AD, when he was like 25. After death. After death. That is, the world started millions of years before that. It's like half of the time that it's... (laughs) Oh my god. I forget that there were, there are year 12. Right. He was born in year 12. (laughs) Huh? Huh? 2012? No. No, just 12. Just 12. 12. Like 0-0-12. He was the son of a Roman... Of a Roman uh, Germanicus and Augustus' granddaughter. So Germanicus was like a big warrior um, lead of the... Yeah. Well, it was... um, He specifically, the father, was a war hero. And very well liked by the people of Rome. And... Caligula, well, law, not so much. Well, no. And he was originally. Your hair reminds me of a horse's tail. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I've been sitting here, like, staring at it, trying to figure out why it looks... I'm like, it looks like a tail of a horse. Sorry. I appreciate that. <laughs> I apologize. Caligula. It's pretty luscious today. <laughs> I'll give it that. He was born into the first ruling family in the Roman Empire. He was born... <clears throat> oh. Give me oh, one second. Is this going to be his full title? <clears throat> yes. Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Oh, God bless you. And he was Caesar after Julius Caesar. Why do they call him Caligula then? Huh? Why do they call him Caligula? Oh, we will get there. And it's funny. Oh, good. (laughs) Let's get into it. But he got the nickname Caligula. Oh, there we go. Meaning little soldier's boot. (laughs) And a sandal is called a Caliga. Okay. So he's... Caligula, because he was his, basically his father's little baby, and he was a soldier, so he's little soldier's boot. So he's just named after a shoe. Yeah. Pretty cool. And he kept it, so that's cool. Um, At first it was kind of a joke, but... Just kidding, that's your name now. That's how everybody knows you now. When his father died, Caligula and his mother and their five his five siblings returned to Rome from Germania, which mm-hmm. is where they had gone for his, like, Training. warrior deal... Yeah. Um, so once he died, they came back there, there, his mother got caught in the middle of a feud with Tiberius, the Uh. current Mm -hmm. emperor, 
Um, she was he was sliding her that D, huh? No, a conflict. That's, I know, but there it, was. It, it wasn't an innuendo. They literally were fighting, oh. and he ended up <laughs> killing all of the kids, basically, and oh. exiling the girls. And Caligula was the only guy that lived. And yeah, so dark times then. It was. It was. It was, it was actually kind of bad. Um, the conflict led to the death of the family, Caligula being the only surviving male. Okay. In 31 AD. Tiberius was a real dick, huh? Um, everybody was at this time. Yeah, they did not... Just lots of dick. It's Dicks. They did not, like, appreciate life. <laughs> we'll say that. In 31 AD. 31. Caligula... 0031. <laughs> Caligula accepted an invitation from the emperor of the island of Capri. Okay? okay. So this is Tiberius. He's like, Caligula... You I know. killed all your family, but come have dinner. Well, he... It's kind of a weird, like... There's a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. Like, a brother kills his... This woman's husband, which is the brother of the husband, and then she marries him because mm-hmm. the family line needs to stay clean, slash... Yeah. Whatever. So it's, like, basically trying to keep the ties tight so you're all in better because it's either that or you go into the fucking trenches and you're like living your life in dirt and dying because you get sent to wherever and you have to steal to eat and Mm -hmm. yeah so he accepts this invitation to go to the island of capri and he lived there with tiberius for some time and they say that tiberius was raising him to be a viper so at this point he was like so he was born in 12 so he was mm, almost 20 um Rumors say that Tiberius would invite people he didn't care for to a feast at his house, and then he'd throw them right off the cliff that the house was built on. <laughs> like, oh, let's oh. make amends, oh. and then fucking toss him off and kill him. <laughs> this is what I mean. No respect for life. I'm just gonna toss you off the cliff. It's fine. He allegedly was a pedophile as well oh good they all were back then. Mm-hmm. well and at this time it's kind of funny so they said that he would have well it's not funny that was a bad <laughs> choice of words um he, they said he would have slave boys that he would basically train and he called them his fishes and <laughs> he trained them Icky. to quotation nibble on his genitalia as he swam so he would like fucking tread water and they'd come up and I'm sorry. What? And just play with his bits with their mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I and no I'm, No, can you I I'm I, sorry, you want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> and so with Ew, that like I don't like that. The pedophilic stuff that was like man boy man boy love was like the rag. All the rage. It was the regular, and yeah. I'm. It's so uncomfortable. I don't like it. Again, Stop it. no respect for anybody. They stick their dicks wherever it's warm. Okay, <clears throat> Caligula succeeded Tiberius in thirty-seven. So weird to say that. Did he zero zero three seven? Did he kill Tiberius? Um, no. Tiberius just died. So Tiberius killed his whole family, and then basically gave Caligula the keys to the kingdom. Cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this time, he was only 24, Caligula was. So he was a 24-year-old boy. Boy, I state that with a bold boy, because when a guy is 24, they act like they're fucking 14 yeah. still. 
you got to hit like 32 before you start even kind of acting like an adult. Child. Uh, and the people loved him at first because at, keywords at first he was the son of this big guy that was like head honcho. Everybody loved this guy, so they loved him because of his dad. Yeah. Uh, according to the sources that have survived the ages, also note, this is all by word of mouth mm -hmm. and writings from thousands and hundreds of years later yes. from words of mouth. So everything could have gotten blown out of proportion and or not correct at all. So oh, little soldier boot kind of a little bitch. Oh, soldier boot. What a fucking bitch. <laughs> um, he... <laughs> His reign for the first six months was pretty moderate and even noble, they've called it. It seems that he lost it after that. There are reports of cruelty, sadism, extravagance, so excessive use of the money of the country, okay. and sexual perversion. Um, oh, more than little boys sucking on your genitals while you're treading water? Mm-hmm. Oh! Mm -hmm. Oh! Um, also, your hair reminds me of the orcs in Lord of the Rings. Again, thank you. <laughs> I know when I was sitting like this listening to you, because I have to like lean back yeah. to look at you now in our new setup, yeah. I was like, do I look like I'm fucking like, hey! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is, this is where I do my all questionable sources, because whatever. Um, because fuck it. Because fuck it, you know? Mm. So... All accounts say that he siphoned money to immense projects. There's a couple that are still, like, there to this day that you can see. Mm -hmm. the And they're, like, the aqueducts that go in and out of Rome. That was him who yeah. okay. he had them designed and built and everything, which is a good thing because it gave them water readily available, mm -hmm. whatever. But then there were things like immense gold towers in his, <laughs> in his stuff and fucking making giant... You know, the Colosseum type of deals. Statues it's just, of himself. Heh. Trying to be called a deity and shit. Yeah. Oh. Fucker. Anyway, so, over the first few months of his reign, there was... There were over 100,000 animals sacrificed and rejoiced. They were so excited. They were Whoa. so jazzed, they just fucking killed everything. Okay. Peter would have a field day. I know, they'd hate it. Hate it. He granted bonuses to the military... He threw out Tiberius's treason papers and welcomed people back into the country that were exiled. Um, you know, the, like, uh, no founded reason other than, I don't like you, so I'm exiling you. So, so these are the people that didn't get thrown off the cliff. Correct. <laughs> these are the people that didn't come to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he started up the gladiator games. Okay. Okay. Apparently this was really awesome. The whole country loved it because it was something to get together and watch people kill each other. I'm sure the gladiators didn't enjoy it, but, um, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It makes them feel tough, right? It's fine. They're living for something. Um, he reworked the taxes, and then Caligula, Caligula got very ill, and he claims that he was poisoned. And this, which is when he's mid-20s, is when I think, from everything I read, that he started falling into schizophrenia, paranoid mm. schizophrenia, because... Also, with all the inbreeding that they were doing to try right. to keep the lines pure. Right. So, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of boat brother, cousin, sister love happening. <laughs> there was a lot of I'm my own grandpa shit going on, <laughs> yeah, so... I'm my own grandpa. Uh, but he... So, he starts... 
he claims that he was poisoned and that's the first like oh shit no you weren't which to be honest usually exactly that does happen there were a lot of attempts Mm -hmm. on his life well and everything not just poisoning to him but you don't know what kind of lead, what kind of well, other right. shit was or like you're eating how you kept your meats and then you yeah. ate it two days later. Flowers and yeah, yeah. But there's all sorts of natural poisons that so, could have been slipped into that shit. <laughs> exactly. So he thinks he was being poisoned, and this is where his paranoia kind of like spirals out of control. Though, okay, he has a cousin that he executed. Um, his grandmother then committed suicide because she felt well. She felt that. He was fucking it up. Like, fucking everything up. He's starting to, like, go crazy. Um, So, committed suicide. But he assumed that she had been poisoned. So then he's like, they're going after my family. Um, Following this, he had his father-in-law and his brother-in-law killed. Jesus. Because who fucking knows? They didn't say anything about why. He just Mm -hmm. started killing off all of the men in his family. You know, preceding Tiberius. Mm -hmm. Very good. The only male family member who wasn't killed was an uncle who he basically just kept around to mock like a jester. So he would just talk about how fucking, how dumb he was, how, you know, oh, and nice. and he was like, okay, yeah, I'm fucking stupid. Don't kill me. <laughs> Don't right. throw me off the cliff. Uh, this didn't make people dislike him, though. This isn't what got them. It was like the way of life. People yeah. were executed like it just wasn't weird death was just a small bump in the road in rome right which is so sad uh after a while caligula started presenting himself as a living god this is when he starts like i am a deity praise me he would go into churches and he would demand them to worship him Okay. Can you imagine him, like, thunder-kicking the door open in his robes? Sup? I'm Caligula. I'm We're, your god now. They call me Little Soldier Boot. <laughs> right? They call me Small Sandal, because that's what a soldier boot was in soldier that time. Soldier boy, I tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Superman that hoe. Superman that hoe. He even had heads of statues broken off and put... His head on it. It wasn't even like fucking like not a new statue. (laughs) I know. Take his head off and put my head on it. Like Photoshop that shit. And this is what made people start going. Okay, there's something fucking up with this guy. (laughs) All the killing, whatever. His family, whatever. Okay, so now he's starting to put his head on everybody else's bodies. This is fucking weird. weird. Fucking weird. (laughs) A rumor. The rumor is that he wanted a horse as his counsel. Oh, fucking guys, Looney Tunes. But they didn't know if it was because he actually wanted it or he was trying to mock the position of the console. <laughs> and that's like, I, it's <laughs> right. This is, it's just so many weird things. He turned the palace into a brothel. <laughs> he loves wearing women's clothes. <laughs> and he would sleep with everybody. Anything. Men, that- women, whoever was there. Men, women, boys, girls. Anything that moves. Animals, like anything. He was fucking it all. Okay. But Rome was very li- really uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Very liberal sexually. Yeah. So things didn't have like the normal straight homosexual, you know, that sort of thing. Like no. they didn't have titles like that. They just thought sex was natural. Yeah. Especially for the men. 
Yes. Things were stating it was natural to be sexually attracted to teens of both genders. Pedestry, which is what it is called, is considered sexual intercourse between a man and a boy, and some <laughs> some consider that acceptable, but only when it wasn't a young free citizen of Rome. So if it's a slave, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Bang the slaves. That's fine. Bang, bang. Oh my the, god. I don't, I don't like this. Right? I I read that and I was like, <laughs> that is fucked up. I feel comfortable typing this. <laughs> so... Anything's fine as long as you're, you have them captive. Right, as long as they're slaves and don't want to be there. This is what I mean. Like they wanted to stay in the family because otherwise you turn into that where you are no longer a human. Basically, it's so sad. I um, like it. At this time, there wasn't wasn't even term. Oh, I already said that there wasn't even terms such as homosexual and heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, it considered, they considered open sexual and unjudgmental sexuality at the time. So anybody, anywhere, as long as it was consenting or not, if you were a man. Yeah. You could basically just be like, come with me. Open your legs. Um, Caligula. <laughs> I don't, it, it's, why? Why? And why did, stop it. Even in this time, Caligula was known for his sexual depravity mm-hmm. with everything being like, open and anything is what it's fine you you like that cool put it in the butt i don't care okay (laughs) for example it is said that he would have political dinners he'd invite everybody and their families over they'd have dinner you know talk amongst themselves about different Mm -hmm. things and he basically whisked away one of the wives of the people in the high power positions and he had sex with her during the dinner in the other room within earshot (laughs) (laughs) Then he came back into the room and just started bad-mouthing how she was in bed. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I can't believe you bang that all the time. Like, that sort of oh. shit. Like, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Like, that's mean. You're mean. It's a mean, you're a mean, mean boy. Um, trying to prove his power, he would do things like this all the time. His motto was, let them hate me so long as they fear me. Mean. Sounds like something fucking Hitler would say, Christina. Don't agree with it. <laughs> He's not wrong. People in fear don't rise up as much as people who don't fear. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying he's not wrong. There are also... It's not morally correct. Also, normal Roman rumors of incest and basically... Yeah. You banging, know, banging his family members. Yeah. He's fine. Um, torture was his thing, though. For example... There is a story of oh, him good, having I love examples. Yeah. There was a story of him having slaves of both genders and he would tie them to poles at gatherings in like a different room. He'd leave the room and then randomly come back in and just like fucking beat on their genitalia. Oh, like mollage, hit it, lady bite it. I don't like it. Um just crazy. Also, he it was said that he would tie men um that he didn't care for upside down. I don't know if you want to know where this is going, but he would spread eagle their legs uh-huh. and he would fucking gnaw on their balls. Gnaw on them. Like chew them like bubble gum. Stop I don't it. fucking I don't stop it. I no, I will not. I will not. This is a thing. This is for real. He was a big fan of throwing criminals and people he didn't particularly care for into pits and watching them get eaten by wild animals. 
such as lions and tigers. Um, basically, and that bears. was the biggest thing. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing was lions, mm-hmm. but there were also cases of different like beasts that eat meat in that area. Yeah, but mostly mostly lions. Uh, sometimes. When he wasn't done watching the, like, gruesome attack, but the person was gone and had been mauled to death and was officially eaten, he just tossed people that attended the fucking (laughs) stadium party of watching this person get eaten into the fucking stadium because he wasn't done watching them. He wanted more blood. It took too long. Or too short. It was too short. It's like, it was so fast. They just wanted to just, could you just hop in there? Okay, Peter. You're not going to? Here you fucking go. Peter! Peter! Hey, come here, come here, come here. Peter! Come here. <laughs> Yeet! <laughs> Peter is not a Roman name. I don't know where it came up with that. Uh, <laughs> I like how that. Peter! Yo! Peter Smith! Hey, Peter! <laughs> uh, Circus Maximus was the name of this stadium that he would do this in. Circus Maximus? Yes. This is also where the gladiators would battle. Apparently, the most annoying thing to him during these events was the screaming and the noises that the people would make when they were getting eaten. (laughs) So if it was planned, he would remove their tongues and maul their vocal cords so they couldn't make any noise when they were getting attacked and ripped apart. Because he liked watching the blood, but he hated the sound. So instead, he just pulled out their tongues so they couldn't say words and ripped apart their vocal cords so they could only be like yeah I don't know why I keep laughing this is not funny I think it's I'm because you're uncomfortable, uncomfortable. <laughs> your face is saying I, I don't want to be here anymore <laughs> once a senator labeled Caligula as an enemy to the public and Caligula encouraged and pushed forward a mob to attack him first they sliced him up <laughs> a little bit with swords. I'm sorry. I keep laughing because I'm so uncomfortable. They sliced him a little bit with swords. Just yeah, they like, you know, cut him so he didn't die. Mm-hmm. But he was all cut up. And then they literally pulled his limbs from his fucking torso and piled them in the middle of the street and <sighs> let them get eaten by wild dogs and Jesus things. Christ. Yeah. It's very... What the fuck? He would request when people were battling that the men would strike so that the other could feel themselves dying. So I'm just it's just so uh uncomfortable to me. So he didn't want them to just die instantly. Mm-mm. I want you to make it slow and painful and I want to know that they know that they're dying, mm-hmm. that they can feel it. What the fuck? Also, he wasn't a stranger to burning people alive. Oh, good. I was worried about that. I, I was I mean, afraid that he would be a stranger to I that. I could almost, I could almost <laughs> hear your, uh, your, the cogs in your mind going, you know what? I bet you he didn't burn people to death. <laughs> oh, no, but he did. He did. You know, I actually wasn't concerned with him being a stranger to burning people <laughs> alive, but I'm glad we're touching base on it anyway. Continue. <laughs> when someone would slander him, he would gather people together to tie them up and burn them. When he would have someone steal from him, he would also not take that very lightly. He once had a man's hands cut off. He tied them to the ends of a rope, and then he draped them around his neck like a fucking macabre scarf. <laughs> and then he'd have had him walk himself around the party 
that Caligula was holding <laughs> to show everybody what fucking happens to people when they steal you know, from him. hands off thieves isn't really, like, uncommon, though. That's actually very common. But tying it to a rope and <laughs> then putting it around st- their neck? Okay, that was one step too far. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, you said that way too cavalierly. You were like, you know, cutting off hands wasn't that uncommon. It wasn't uncommon I know. to cut off hands of thieves back then. It's like, yeah, Tying but it it's so fucked up. Tying it into a weird little scarf and making him walk around the party was one step too far. I'm gonna give you that. Well, and, okay, so for the burning people alive, I also read that they would make it, like, embers so that the person would, like, literally cook because they wouldn't die from smoke inhalation or breathing in fire. It would sit at the bottom of them. It would cook them upward. Well, there used to be the, um, what's it fucking called, where they'd put them in an iron, like, animal. Yeah! Oh, the screaming cow? Yeah. Like, they made the bellows? And it would burn with embers. Yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah! Um, A citizen once insulted him to his face in public. Caligula proceeded to have the guards tie him down and beat him with chains. Ouch. Then, he had his guards find the man's family. Oh, no! Mm -hmm. Gathered them in the public space, and one by one, in front of the man... Caligula executed his children from oldest to youngest. (gasps) The crowd revolted, but Caligula somehow managed to maintain them. And finally, the final child who was left was 12 years old and she was a girl. And by Roman law, you couldn't execute a virgin. So he raped her. Caligula demanded that a guard rape her right there in front of the father and the crew, like the whole crowd, and then executed her afterwards. (gasps) Oh my god. And left the father alive. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's like the worst story that, like, that's the worst one that I found. Ew. So, um, the final straw, you know, all this, like, the people were like, okay, well, he's a fucking mess, Raping but just stay out of his way. Killing her. It's, I mean... Just stay out of his way. But the final straw seemed to be when Caligula began to spend all of the money that Tiberius had worked hard to save and stow away because... So Tiberius moved to the island of Capri. The people didn't really care for him because he wasn't, like, actively in Rome. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of frugal with the money. Yeah. Um, because he was like, why would we spend money if we don't have to? Mm -hmm. And he had stowed away all of this money to, like, upgrade things in the city and whatever. (laughs) So Caligula took all this money and starts fucking making all sorts of things. Making it rain on them hoes. Um, he would make boats, because, you know, it's why not um he'd bribe people to love him so he would literally like hand out money to people so that they would tell him how awesome he was and how amazing he was yeah you know those kids that always used to say be like you fuck me i'd I'd fuck fuck me me. (laughs) i'd fuck me so hard (laughs) um (laughs) and he would build like huge lavish unnecessary quarters for himself Mm -hmm. once this was noticed by um, by a guard. It's I don't know what it is, but it said a Praetorian guard, mm-hmm. Praetorian guard, and the Senate. Yeah. One of his fucking guards, right? The and the Equestrian Order. So these are all the like different mm-hmm. branches of their government, I guess. Um, they conspired against him, and in late January of forty one A.D., he had only been there for four years. <laughs> yeah, it only took him four years to fuck it up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like Calm down, a lot. little soldier's boot. Like a lot. <laughs> Caligula and his wife and daughter were stabbed to death because they didn't want his family to be right. the runoff. He's or... probably fucking his daughter anyway, so she probably um, didn't have Most the best likely, life. yeah. Uh, stabbed to death by the officers of the guard. Uh, and one man was quoted of saying, Caligula learned by actual experience that he was not a god. Oh, shit. Oh, drop the fucking mic. Uh, Caligula was the first Roman emperor ever successfully assassinated. Well, motherfucker was a fucking hot mess. (laughs) After his death, the uncle that Caligula kept around to mock became emperor. Oh, shit. His name was Claudius. And near the end of his life, when he was less popular with the people, um, it the one of the funny stories that I found was that he would. They compared him to a goat. Said he looked like a goat, Caligula. <laughs> and so he became so enraged by this that he banned goats in his kingdom. And if anybody even spoke of goats near him, he would have them killed. <laughs> This is what I mean. He like throw tantrums about goats. He's like, they said I look like a goat. I don't want to see a goat. We don't say Simba here. (laughs) He is dead. (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) Mufasa, 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 Mufasa. (laughs) Uh, So that is it. That's fucked up. That's it. His four years of fucking terror. Four years. He like went from like he wasn't even thirty when he got assassinated because he was such a fuck up. Fucking anything that I wonder moved. though if he was such a fuckboy that he got syphilis and that's why he went crazy. That's a good thought, probably. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a big thing back like Victorian times yeah. was syph- syphilitic insanity. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know, man, but that was fucked. And I saw a little, like, snippet on him in one of my fucking YouTube videos I watched. And I was like, now I'm curious. I'm a a curious little girl. I'm uncomfortable with that after that story. I'm a curious little girl. I'm just a curious little girl. (laughs) Ew. I'm hungry. Me too. Do we need anything funny? No. I think that was enough. morbidly funny right it was like what the fuck what the uh, fuck oh uh, well thanks for listening guys happy week after halloween i'm gonna stick to it as long as i can oh happy happy belated birthday to linda because your birthday's on saturday linda happy, happy belated birthday, birthday. And happy birthday since i'm recording right now to my sister oh mm-hmm. to miss caitlin because she, she listens she was born on halloween she was she's a spook she's a spook spooky spooky spook dookie I mean, maybe. I don't want to call you. I'm sorry, Kaylin. You're not a dookie. I'll call you dookie. You're fucking I won't. dookie. I'm nicer than your sister. Sometimes. Um, Follow us on everything. All the things. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Okay. I don't think I've posted on Twitter in a long time. No, she's Amanda's our social media person. I hate Twitter. job. That's, that's just fucking kidding. rude. <laughs> that's fucking rude. I'm like, girl, how many times have you... I forgot to post it, so I we're just gonna wait. <laughs> hate twitter i do i hate it so i post when i feel like on twitter otherwise i'm on instagram and facebook you'll never get me to like twitter no unless twitter starts paying us money and then i'll fucking love twitter i'll be a twitter slut if they pay me (laughs) right (laughs) you want to see a nipple you can see one give me money (laughs) lots of money all the money there go the morals oh sorry (laughs) felicia